It's another Monday pun day here on The Inner Life. Days have been kind of hot lately here in the upper Midwest. In fact, my landlord left me a message saying he needed to come by and talk with me about why my air conditioning bill was so high. I told him, well, my door is always open. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me for some spiritual direction and maybe a bad pun over the airwaves, helping you to draw closer to our Lord today. Well, we have indeed made it into August, and teachers and parents, among others, know that it's time to start prepping for the fall. And speaking of fall, there's also a common time that comes around each year, this time of this time of year, for parish festivals. I don't think I'm alone on this one, but I like attending parish festivals. It's a unique opportunity to encounter the people of God and the culture of various parishes. And I found parish festivals are particularly intriguing when the host parish largely consists of people from a nationality or ethnicity other than my own. And that's why my wife and I were especially excited to attend a divine liturgy and parish festival at St. Marin's Maronite Catholic Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We were pretty unfamiliar with Eastern Catholic liturgy and tradition, so this was an opportunity to learn more and delve into a different kind of Catholic perspective. Wow, what we encountered in this divine liturgy was stunningly beautiful. We heard prayers and readings in Arabic and Aramaic, as well as in English. There was a wonderful flow to the elements of the liturgy, although somewhat unlike what we're used to in the Roman rite. You could sense the joy and a familial feel about the people of the parish. And when the liturgy did draw to a close, we were still caught up in the beauty of it all, just in time to step out into a festival of amazing Middle Eastern food, just wonderful, and music. Oh, man, it was amazing. It was a fantastic day. Have you ever encountered the Eastern Catholic churches? Do you know much about them? Today we're focusing on our Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters on the show and learning more about this truly Catholic, this universal church we are together a part of. Guiding our discussion is none other than the pastor of St. Marin's, Corbishop Charbel Maroon. Abuna Charbel, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Patrick. Thank you. Thanks for hosting us today and uh, for your beautiful words and your wonderful welcoming and very warm uh, response to the listeners as well as to our parishioners. God bless you. And it's always fun to have you among us. A blessing, too. Absolutely, Abuna. We are so grateful for that. Well, this is your first time on the show, so we always like to ask our first-time spiritual directors, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I was born in Lebanon, 1962, on January the 6th, to a family of seven. I'm the sixth of the seven children. Migrated to the United States in uh, 1989 at 21 to study computer science in uh, New Jersey and uh, entered the seminary in the Maronite Seminary of Our Lady of Lebanon and Los Angeles, uh, of, uh, in Washington, D.C., on uh, September 4th, 1984. I studied there for five years and then went back to Lebanon to be ordained because my parents and siblings were still there. I was ordained on my birthday, January 6, 1989. 
I was installed in my senior in 2007, again on January 6th, my birthday, and I was uh, ordained the court bishop on January the 6th, again in 2015. And uh, I've been serving this parish that you visited for the last 34 years. 34 years. And yes, we've spoken before about this, Court Bishop, but I, I am, uh, I'm intrigued by how the Lord is placing January 6th at the court, which is, of course, the great feast of Epiphany, um, which is a wonderful celebration, maybe perhaps especially for our Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters, yeah? It's one of the largest feast days in the Church. As a matter of fact, my given name was Gattas, which means Epiphany. I was given the name Epiphany because I was born on Epiphany. Yeah. And then I, I took the name Charbel later on when I was ordained. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Charbel, that's a, a great saint as well, is it not? Charbel is one of the greatest, uh, busiest saints these days. Charbel yeah. means, uh, it's an Aramaic word, Charbel, which means the story of God. And uh, uh, Charbel, the saint, has been narrating the story of God in a beautiful way, uh, performing miracles worldwide, you know, in every nation, almost in every color, in every race. Uh, at least, you know, uh, 30,000 uh, 30, plus uh, miracles have been attained and uh, and prescribed to this great saint. All right. Wow. And uh, we have to ask, so core bishop is your title. Tell us what a core bishop actually is. Uh, a core bishop is a, is a title, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's in, the, in the old days, it was like an assistant to the bishop in the rural areas up in the, in the country where the bishop could not go. He would uh, assign a core bishop in the, you know, similar it's not it's not to the level of the auxiliary bishop in the Roman Church, of course, without jurisdiction, and uh, a core bishop cannot ordain uh, deacons or priests. He can do everything else. He dresses like a bishop with a mitre and a crozier and a and a ring and so on. Mm. Fascinating, and uh, I'm excited to talk about Eastern Catholic spirituality, Eastern Catholic churches today, and uh, and hopefully we have some folks from the Eastern Rites who are joining us here on the program today as well. If you do have, uh, if you are part of a, an Eastern Rite Catholic church, if you're one of the Eastern Catholic churches, brothers and sisters that we have here for those of us in the Roman Rite, give us a call. Let us know um, what your experience has been, or maybe you've encountered Eastern Catholic spirituality in your life. You've you've rolled that into your your spiritual uh, your spiritual development, even as someone who is from the West. Give us a call triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's have a conversation with Core Bishop Charbel Maroon, who is our spiritual director today. Eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email inner life at relevantradio.com. Well, let's talk about Eastern Catholic churches. Now, I know that you're specifically from the Maronite Church, uh, Corey Bishop, so there is a, there's a specificity there that we'll get into a little bit more. But when we're talking about Eastern Catholic churches, what are we talking about? Uh, again, you know, sometimes people confuse the terms of Eastern Catholic with Eastern Orthodox, with Eastern churches, with Eastern uh, probably uh, religions or uh, or some of the of the meditations in, in the East and so on, people confuse the terms, and uh, uh, they, they think that this is a separate church, which is not. Just as the body has many members, so does the church. We we all belong to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, whether we are we came from the East or the West, just like if you came from New York or California, you belong to the United States of America. And I want to say that the, 
the Catholic Church has two lungs that they are breathing together. And when they breathe together, the body is healthy. Uh, so the Catholic Church has two lungs. One is in the west, which is west of Rome, and one is in the east. Uh, by west, we mean you know, west of Rome. So this is the eternal city or the capital of Catholicism. And by the east, we mean east of Rome, the branches of the Catholic Church that sprouted out of Jerusalem, Antioch, Constantinople, Armenia, and Alexandria. And uh, so that's when, when we say east and west. And the Catholic Church, uh, if you want to say it's like a tree, it has 22 sisters or branches. The largest branch is the western branch, which is the Roman Church, and the other 21 come from the east. From they sprouted out of the major cities, you know, Antioch, Constantinople, Alexandria, and of course Jerusalem, that is the mother of all churches. So from the Western Syrian, there is the Syrian church, the Maronite, the Melancharis, uh, the East Syrians, you have the Chaldeans, you have the Syro Melambars, and of course under Constantinople, you have 16 branches, you know, the Armenians, the Melkite. You get the Bulgarian, the Romanian, the Serbians, the Ukrainian, the Ruthenian, Greek, Russians, and Italo-Albanian. And of course, in Alexandria, you get the Coptic and the Abyssinian churches. So, so those 21 churches, they all have a counterpart, including the Western Church. So in the West, you have the Roman Catholic Church, and you get, unfortunately, the separation of the Protestant churches that sprouted out of the Catholic Church. Uh, all the other 20 branches, they have a counterpart, which is an Orthodox. So in the West, you have Roman Catholic and you have Protestants. In the East, you have, uh, you know, Melkite and Syrian and Coptics and so on, Catholic and Orthodox, except one church. There's only one branch of the Catholic Church. I call it the Cadillac of Catholicism, and that is the Maronite Church, because it doesn't have a counterpart. It was born Catholic in the year 410, and it remains Catholic up until the present time. And uh, it's part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And just to clarify, Abuna, that that, that is the, the thing that draws us or that makes us all uh, brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church is that there is still, although there are patriarchs within the Eastern Catholic Churches, they are still united to the Pope in Rome. Is that correct? Amen. True, yes. And uh, the Maronites' motto is that my faith is the faith of Peter, and the faith of Peter is my faith. So the, the, the Maronite Church uh, and the 21 other Catholic churches, they are all in union with the Pope. Some have patriarchs, some have metropolitans, and some of, some of them are cardinals, like our own patriarch is a cardinal, but is the head of the Maronite Church worldwide. Spiritually, he has jurisdiction over them, but he's under the Pope as well. Yeah, very good. Again, our spiritual director today here on the program is Court Bishop Charvel Maroon of St. Marin's Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he is talking to us, explaining to us about the Eastern Catholic churches that uh, we just got a great history lesson there. And I'm sure we could delve into that even further. So we're grateful for him. If you have experience with the Eastern Catholic churches, perhaps you're a member of an Eastern Catholic church yourself. Give us a call. Let, let us know what uh, your what your spirituality is like, how that has fostered your your growth, what you've seen, if you've visited an Eastern Rite Catholic church and we'd love to get you on the program, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to John, who is calling in from Portland, Oregon. Good morning, John. Thank you for calling. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Bishop. God bless you. Thank you for 
uh, all that you do. Um, Thank I'm you. married to a Russian Orthodox. They use the liturgy of John Chrysostom. Uh, I, uh, we have a St. Charbel in Portland that I attend there. It's in sync with the Roman Church, so I could receive communion there. But what's really wonderful about the Orthodox um, services after the liturgy, they get together, break bread. They're such a wonderful community. I think this is just part of a tradition of our church that came out of the, the, the Constantinople in that area and the Holy Land. So I just comment, it's absolutely beautiful, encouraging people if they have a chance to attend and participate. Thank you, John, for your uh, call. And uh, it's wonderful that you're, you're married to a Russian Orthodox. And uh, of course, this shows the beauty of Christianity. And uh, of course, St. Charbel Church in Portland with Father, my friend Father Chris there is a beautiful community. And Father uh, Antoine and Father Wadia, there are two priests that came out of that parish as well. Uh, but, but again, you know, let's not confuse. Uh, uh, the Russian Orthodox is an Orthodox church. The Maronite church is a Catholic church. And yes, indeed, in both traditions, breaking bread after the liturgy, is an amazing thing, and uh, because both traditions they focus so much on the family and the family unit, and they have this family spirit. So when we come to church, we don't just come to pray; we come to worship and we come to share our lives together. And I think this is uh, probably the spirit of the monasticism that existed in the Maronite Church from the fourth century onward. So thanks for your call, John. Yeah, wonderful, John. Thank you for the call. And I think John makes a great point, and you expounded upon it there, Abuna, that there is a there's a tremendous sense of every time we visited St. Marin's, we've we've encountered this. There's a tremendous sense of of family, of community every time we come. That you know, some some uh, Roman Rite uh, parishes that I visited are they've got that. You know, there's there's a sure. sense of wanting to stay together after Mass and to to uh, have a meal together or to just hang out and chat and that sort of thing. But I have been part of parishes, too, where it seems like, yeah, well, football game's on. I got to get home, out the door. There doesn't seem to be much going on there. But um, do you think, is this pretty prevalent throughout uh, the Eastern Catholic churches that there's a sense, this familial Uh, sense? It is, is especially in the West, because, you know, they don't see each other often, except on the weekend. They want to spend time together. They're somehow interrelated, if not... uh, you know, by relationship, at least by friendship, and they want to be together. And that's usually I tell people sometimes on Sunday, please, when you finish, turn the lights off and the door will shut behind you. So I leave them in the hall and <laughs> I would have to go to a hospital or somewhere else. But right. they, they love to stay like for two or three hours after church, which is great. But yeah. one point that also I want to, to mention that John mentioned that he receives communion at the Maronite Church and Unfortunately, there is misconception among the uh, all the Catholics, or especially the Roman Catholics in America, they're saying that, can we receive communion at the Maronite Church? Of course you can, because I, I just learned that this is the catalog of Catholicism. It's a Catholic Church. Just, you know, it's under the Pope. It has the same seven sacraments, and then they can receive communion at any of the 21 Eastern Rite churches, just like the Eastern Rite churches can receive communion at the Roman Church as well. So communion yes. is valid, and as you come, Patrick, with your with your wife and your family, I encourage others to, to visit a Catholic church, a Eastern Rite Catholic, Maronite, especially here in the Twin Cities, or Ukrainian, or Ruthenian, since we have the three rites here in, the, in my neighborhood, and mm-hmm. they could come and visit and receive communion as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a that's a very important clarification there too. That uh, yes, if if you want to, if you've never been to an Eastern Rite Catholic church, and but you have one perhaps somewhat close by that you can visit, it would certainly be worth your time. And it, yes, indeed, it does fulfill your Sunday obligation attending the Divine Liturgy of an Eastern Rite Catholic church, and you are certainly welcome to receive the sacrament uh, there at uh, at an Eastern Rite Catholic Church as well. We're speaking with Abuna Charbel Maroon as we are talking about Eastern Rite Catholic Churches and just the wonderful contributions that we may be somewhat unfamiliar with um, as Westerners, uh, if we are part of the Roman Rite, that uh, we we may not know the beauty, the tradition, everything that comes through in specific ways and how, how we will be um, enriched by visiting these these Eastern Rite Catholic Churches. Well, one of the things we want to get into, Abuna, is um, divine liturgy. Now, it's not typically called Mass in the Eastern Rite Catholic churches, is that right? Correct. It's uh, referred to as the divine liturgy. Of course, the divine liturgy is is the action, the the worship action of the people of God. Uh, We gather in the temple of God around the sacred altar, uh, mainly to be touched by the divine. God comes down to touch us. And we are able to touch God, and we are able to to receive Him in our mouth. Something that the angels cannot do, something that the prophets and the messengers yearned to to be able to do, but they were not able to do. But yet we humans are able to participate in the liturgy and to be divinized by participation in the Holy Eucharist. And of course, as we receive the Eucharist, we become what we receive. And we usually refer to the liturgy, as you mentioned, as either the corbono, the offering, or refer to it as the liturgy or the service of the holy mysteries, because the gifts are the holy mysteries. Uh, Of course, there Jesus offers himself to the Father for our salvation, but we also offer ourselves with him as spiritual sacrifice. Uh, The Maronite liturgy, as you might have experienced when you were here, it's one of the oldest in the Catholic Church. Uh, St. Peter and the other apostles, they brought that liturgy of the Last Supper to Antioch. And remember, it was in Antioch where the followers of Christ were called Christians for the first time, according to Acts 11.26. And it was also from Antioch that St. Paul started on his missionary journey. Uh, Our patriarch today still, his title is the Patriarch of Antioch and the whole East, although there are no Christians in Antioch, perhaps. But that's the title that he still carries today. And uh, this Maronite early liturgy, very early, was ascribed to St. James the Lesser. St. James the Lesser was the Bishop of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Of course, over the years, it has been reformed. It has been changed a little. However, we still use, as you mentioned, the Aramaic language. The words of consecration are chanted in Aramaic and the Trisagion and so on. And there's a beautiful dialect in Syriac that exists there. And um, yeah. the prayers yeah. themselves speak speak about the, the beauty of the of the liturgy. And, uh, you know, one, one of the prayers that uh, that I read for you that in the liturgy is uh, when when the priest carries the Holy Eucharist after the fraction and says, you have united, O Lord, your divinity with our humanity and our humanity with your divinity, your life with our mortality and our mortality with your life. You have assumed what is ours, and you have given us what is yours for the life and salvation of our souls. To you be glory forever. This is where the unity happens between God and the human in the Holy Eucharist. Oh, 
It's so beautiful. And it really is. It, it is like an encounter with the ancient, yet we are we are privileged to be able to step into it when we attend uh, this liturgy. Wonderful. Uh, Arbuna Sharabel Maroon is our, is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. We're talking about our Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters. If you are part of an Eastern Catholic church or if you have some ways in which Eastern, Eastern Catholic spirituality has benefited you, has grown your spiritual life, give us a call. Let us know what that is. Maybe you have a question specifically about how uh, Eastern Catholic spirituality, how to encounter it uh, a little bit more deeply, some things that you can do. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life, but back with more right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. We're speaking with our spiritual director today, Core Bishop Charbel Maroon, pastor of St. Marin's Maronite Catholic Church in northeast Minneapolis, and we are talking about specifically Eastern Rite Catholic churches, Eastern Catholic churches, and the tremendous gift that they are to the world and to uh, those of us in the in the Roman Rite as well and things we can learn from them. Uh, one of the thing that one of the things that I know we'll get back into the liturgy. We, we need to talk more about that, Abuna. But um, one of the things that seems to be pretty prevalent in the practice of of Eastern Eastern Christian spirituality, anyway, is that of iconography. Can you just speak a little bit about that? Is that a prevalent thing in the Maronite tradition? Uh, it is not probably as much as the Byzantine traditions or the Coptic traditions, but uh, we we have plenty of. Uh, of icons that uh, exist in our tradition. Uh, in our church here in Northeast Minneapolis, you will be happy to know that when you come to the festival next month, uh, today they started on a new mosaic, probably it's uh, the largest mosaic in the Twin Cities uh, of Pentecost. So today the work began and it's supposed to be dedicated on August 20th. So coming up in two weeks, it will be finished and uh, it's a uh, amazing, amazing piece of uh, of art. Of course, we have the Holy Trinity above it, the Father in the form of the right hand, the Son in the form of Jesus, the person, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove <clears throat> with, the, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit coming down. And right beneath it is a church. It's us, Pentecost. So Mary and the apostles on either side. Uh, and the mosaic uh, was done in, in Italy, and uh, it was just this week and the work started today. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, dropping in sometime and seeing that as well. Let's take another phone call, Abuna. Uh, we've got Ruth who's calling in from Wisconsin. Ruth, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Iconography came into my life. I'm a Roman Catholic and came into my life 20 years ago and it's been such a blessing. Um, I, initially, I <laughs> didn't really care much for them. But once I started understanding them, it's taught me so much about the Eastern Church, um, so much of what um, maybe we've lost in the Roman Church, because icons teach so much and bring um, so much deep spirituality of Christ and the saints into our lives. I wish I could come see that mosaic, but I know I won't be able to get there. I'm older in years. But um, 
I've been painting icons for over 20 years now in acrylic, but now I am learning egg tempera. And I also teach classes. Um, I just recently lost my only child, my son, 59 years old. And um, my priest said, you get back to painting icons. I said, I don't care if I ever paint another one. And he said, you paint an icon because that's what's going to get you through this. Wow. And so I painted, somebody ordered a small icon of Christ, and so I painted it, and he was right, because through icons comes God, and comes Christ, Amen. and the Blessed Mother, and the saints. Amen. God bless you, Ruth. Sorry for your loss first, and uh, thank you for praising God and for bringing glory to Him through icons. And uh, as you mentioned, icons are important, and they are windows into heaven. Uh, this world today that's so dark, we need those windows. We need those windows to be able to look through them and to see heaven and to see God and his saints. God bless you. Mm. Yeah, thank you for the for the testimony about icons and knowing that that is a, a tremendous part of your spirituality can be part of ours as well. So it's something that uh, we've been... We've been graced with throughout the world in our Catholic Church, but specifically, as Abuna was saying, in particular, Eastern rites uh, have taken on a, a huge meaning in it, and they're hugely powerful as they are windows into heaven, windows into the divine. So it's a wonderful thing, Ruth. Thank you for the call. Let's go now to Matthew calling in from Alameda, California. Matthew, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Father. Uh, I, uh, I did grow up in the Melkite Liturgy here in Berkeley, California, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. We were a small community, um, and we went out to lunch uh, afterwards. And, uh, yes, I remember the icons. I remember walking up to the Holy Eucharist and singing beautiful hymns uh, that really bring you deep into the faith, like you say, back into time. Uh, makes you feel like you're walking around in the times, uh, celebrating Mass in the times of Jesus, you know, and the apostles and uh, the start of the Church, really. It's, it's an experience like no other. Unfortunately, the small group, uh, the priests became aged, and I haven't uh, sought out um, that liturgy in other places, but it's a wonderful experience. Yes, the icons. We would always kiss the Theotokos, Ever Virgin Mary, um, the saints. They were out there. We'd kiss the icons after receiving the Eucharist and walking back to our seats. It's a wonderful experience for anyone that hasn't had it. I, I very much recommend uh, it will it will take you very deep into the face of our church, and um, there's really no experience like it. That's about all I can say. Thank you, Matthew. This is uh, very beautiful of you, and uh, I know I encourage you that anytime you're traveling, wherever you are in different cities, try to seek one of the Catholic uh, Eastern Catholic churches and visit there. And uh, yes, indeed, the icons, whether uh, they are the iconic stars or they are on the sides, wherever they are, they are our friends. Are the friends that we look at in church, and uh, we see encouragement. We see how they love God, and they become for us an inspiration to go out and to do the same thing. And they are also worshiping with us because there is a church in heaven, and there is the church on earth, and we are united together. Thank you for your uh, call. Mm. And Abuna, yeah, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that, and great encouragement for people to check that out. And Abuna, maybe a good question is, if people are looking to visit an Eastern Rite Catholic Church in their in their city, wherever they happen to be, is there any particular thing that they should search for, that they should look for on the Internet in terms of finding one, and uh, any any specific recommendations you would make that way? 
uh, one, you know, they could Google Eastern churches, they could Google Maronite, they could Google Melkite, or they could Google Ukrainian, Ruthenian, etc. I mean, if any place that they are. Or if they go to uh, to the masstimes.com, also they'll be able to find the Eastern churches as well. Okay. They will be there. Uh, they yeah. are in the Catholic directory as well. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, wonderful things to uh, to check out if you are looking for a place to maybe a little bit different flavor here, uh, both literally and and, uh, and theoretically or metaphorically, as we're we're talking about Eastern Catholic churches today on the Inner Life. We're uh, getting a sense for those of us in the Roman Rite what our Eastern brothers and sisters experience. Uh, and how we can be drawn closer to them, and how we can learn from them and develop our own spiritual life um, with this uh, with this Eastern lung, so to speak, of the Church that is breathing right alongside those of us in the West as well. And uh, Abuna, let's get back into the liturgy a little bit. We've got other calls waiting, so hang in there. We'll get back to the phones in just a minute. But let's go back into the liturgy a little bit. Give us a sense more of what one would encounter, maybe specifically in the Maronite liturgy, that would be different from that in the Roman Rite. Well, the Maronite liturgy will be uh, similar to many beautiful liturgies. All the all the liturgies in the Catholic Church are amazing, and they are a reflection of the liturgy in heaven. They are celebrated a little differently with uh, different symbolism and richness, and all of them are great. Uh, all uh, Maronite liturgy has two parts, just like the Roman liturgy, liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. The liturgy of the Word prepares us to to celebrate the Eucharist. It changes our mind and attitudes and our hearts and get us ready to celebrate the most important part of our life, that is the Holy Eucharist. Uh, everything in the Western liturgy is in the Eastern liturgy. You know, the doxology, the readings, the homily, the creed, the kiss of peace, the penitential rite, intercessions, communion, and thanksgiving. However, they might fall in, in different, in different uh, places. For example, uh, the kiss of peace in the Maronite liturgy comes right at the beginning of the anaphora or the Eucharistic prayer. So we begin with reconciliation with one another, uh, while in the Roman Church it comes later on before Holy Communion. Uh, for example, while the penitential rite in the Roman liturgy comes at the beginning of the Mass, as we ask God for forgiveness, in the Maronite liturgy it comes right before Communion, hmm. where the deacon asks the people to bow their heads before the Lord and to receive his forgiveness. And there is a beautiful, beautiful gesture here. The priest touches the Holy Eucharist with his left hand, and he raises up his hand above the people and gives them, if you want to say, an absolution. He's giving them a, uh, a general absolution uh, at that time. Uh, the intercessions, for example, they are given right after the epiclesis, after the Holy Spirit descends upon the gifts which in the Maronite tradition comes after the words of consecration. In the Roman Church, it comes before the word of consecration. In the Maronite Church, it comes later on after the consecration. And here what, what, uh, what happens, the, the deacon asks the people, <clears throat> how awesome is this moment? For the living Holy Spirit descends and rests upon this offering for our sanctification. And then the priest, you know, called the Holy Spirit, uh, he asked God, have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us. Send us your living Holy Spirit from heaven to hover over this offering, to make it the life-giving body and blood, and to pardon and sanctify us. And then the priest kneels down, as Elijah the prophet did, and he cries, hear us, O Lord, hear us, O Lord, hear us, O Lord. May your living Holy Spirit come and rest upon us and upon this offering. 
Then he says that by his descent, he may make this bread the body of Christ, our God, and make the mixture in this chalice the blood of Christ, our God. At that time, the Holy Eucharist is fully present on the altar, and then we are able to pray the intercessions or the prayers of the faithful and ask God to help the church and the leaders and everyone else. So also wow. important to realize that in the Maronite tradition, the ordination of the priest takes place right before the communion of the people. So when the communion comes, the bishop receives communion and the priest with him on the altar, then the gifts, the mysteries are covered. And then here comes the ordination rite, which, you know, with his left hand and put his right hand on the candidate. And then after the ordination, what happens is the bishop puts the chalice on the head of the priest or the candidate, and he is circled around the church three times because now the Eucharist becomes the crown for the priest who is carrying Jesus you know, right on his head, and he is processed in the church. Wow. Uh, very powerful, you know, with the, with the presence of the epiclesis or the calling of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Wonderful. Wow, I'm learning a lot just uh, just by listening in, and I'm I'm hopeful that you are too. We we're talking with our spiritual director, Core Bishop Charvel Maroon, about Eastern Catholic uh, traditions, Eastern Eastern Catholic spirituality, Eastern Catholic liturgies, uh, specifically in his own Maronite tradition, but also um, just trying to incorporate Eastern Catholic spirituality in general as we're learning about Eastern Catholic churches. If you have an experience of Eastern Catholic churches that you'd like to share, give us a call triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go back to the phones now. Soraya has been waiting patiently in Monet, Illinois. Soraya, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to make a comment. I uh, am, am a Roman Catholic, and uh, my son is a Byzantine. Uh, he, he switched over several years ago. When he first said that he was becoming a visit of the Byzantine rite, I was confused, and I'm so happy that you're bringing this up in, in at Relevant Radio because a lot of people don't understand that, that it's the same church as you mentioned about the lungs, you know. And um, I'm so happy that this has come about because it's important that people understand that. I um, actually go to the uh, Byzantine church uh, every other week. I, I switch. I go to the Latin rite, and I go to the Byzantine rite. And I love it. I I think what I love the, a lot is like the iconography and the way the liturgy is celebrated. Agape, after church, where everybody, you know, brings something and we all eat or interact with each other is wonderful. And Middle Eastern, I, it's part of me, and that's what my son said when he did change over, that he felt that he belonged there. And uh, because of the of our Middle Eastern background, so wonderful that you're here explaining it to everyone. Thank you, thank you, Soraya, for your call. And uh, yes, indeed, you know we are. You know the church is is so rich, so big. It's bigger than than the Roman Rite or the Maronite or the Byzantine. Or uh, I think it was Pope Boniface the Fifteenth who said that uh, the church is neither Slovak nor Latin nor Antiochian, the church is Catholic. And uh, this is the Catholic church that uh, embodies all of us and makes us one and united together in the faith. And uh, it's, a, it's a great, it's a blessing. Thanks for your call, Surya. 
Yeah, so Rhea, thank you for calling in as we're talking about Eastern Catholic spirituality, Eastern Catholic churches here on The Inner Life today with our spiritual director, Corbishop Charbel Maroon. If you have if you have a specific encounter with the Eastern Catholic Rite and uh, would like to share it with us, what, what that has meant to you and you're growing closer to the Lord, give us a call, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break here on The Inner Life, but we'll be back with more about Eastern Catholic spirituality, Eastern Catholic churches, right after this. So don't go away. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser, who's taking your phone calls. And there have been a number of them. In fact, we are full right now with a lot of people having great opinions and things to say about their encounter with Eastern Catholic churches as well. For our spiritual director, Corbishop Charbel Maroon from St. Marin's Catholic Church in Northeast Minneapolis. Let's go back to the phone lines now. We've got Julie calling in from Modesto, California. Julie, thanks for calling The Inner Life. Hi, my question is, um, I have, my husband is Chaldean Catholic and I, we, we've raised our kids Roman Catholic though, but lately we've been, we've been going to both churches. We've been going to Chaldean, switching every other week, basically, but we're running in, (laughs) we're running into a problem because it seems to be confusing my children a little bit and we're we're not really sure which right to stay with, even though my kids have received all of their sacraments in the Roman rite, except one of my daughters was baptized Chaldean. So I just wanted to know, and we're also running into a problem with my son. He is interested in being a priest. He says he wants to be a priest and he wants to altar serve. And we wanted to pick one rite over the other for him to altar serve in. So I just wanted to know what your opinion was or what the rules are. Thank you, Julie, for your call. And, uh, you know, both traditions, the Roman Rite and the Chaldean, are so beautiful. Of course, the Chaldean Rite is one of the oldest in the Catholic Church, again, going back to the early centuries. Uh, you know, the Chaldean people are, the, are the, the, the children or the grandchildren of our father Abraham, you know, who came from Ur and from that beautiful land that is so rich. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with teaching your children uh, two languages or two uh, traditions or uh, taking them to, to learn mo- both the Chaldean and the Roman tradition. And, uh, you know, they, they will become richer. They, they're not losing anything. They're becoming richer. Don't worry about confusing them because if you teach your children Spanish and English, you are gaining two people. You're gaining two, uh, two great gifts for them. And do the same thing with the Chaldean and the Roman tradition. And, uh, you know, can, there's kind of law that exists canonically. Your children perhaps are, you know, I don't know the whole story, but uh, your children, according to canon law, they are Chaldean because they would follow the right of the father. And, uh, you know, they, they're not going to lose their their tradition. If, they, if your son becomes a Chaldean priest, he would be still get the, the ritual uh, faculty of the Roman church and if he becomes a Roman priest, he will still have 
and hold on to his Chaldean rights. Uh, I encourage you to, to pray about it and to ask the Lord uh, if he's calling him to be a Chaldean priest, it's a great blessing, and the same if it is a Roman, Roman priest. But canonically, your son is considered a Chaldean, uh, a Chaldean right uh, a Christian. Mm-hmm. I hope that this is helping to you, Julie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not necessarily an easy decision to make, but I understand and I, and I and I appreciate your comments, Abuna, about that. So, Julie, we'll join in prayer for you and your and your son and your family, and just making sure that there's the Lord's provision all along the way. Seeking out the will of God, of course, is always going to lead us into um, the our place of our greatest happiness, of our greatest fulfillment. So, we'll be in prayer for you, Julie. Thank you for the call. Amen. Let's go now to Senna calling in from Warrenton, Virginia. Senna, welcome to the program. Thank you for calling in. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you, Abuna Sharpa. I did grow up in the Chaldean Church as well, and uh, now, of course, in Virginia, unfortunately, we don't have a Chaldean Church here. We grew, we lived in California. It was wonderful. Um and I'm praying actually to get one here as well. My only question, Abuna, is um, Palm Sunday celebration, Palm Sunday, the Mass readings. In the Chaldean Church, it's almost like a, a, a celebration, like a mini Easter. I remember my mom would get us all new clothes, everything, and it was like a big festival, festivity. But here in the Roman um, Catholic Church, it's more like uh, they read the Passion of Christ and the, the, the Bible reading, and we leave like um, we leave church in a sorrow um, situation. So, would you be kind enough and explain the difference for me? There is one. Otherwise, I understand there are differences well, you know, in the uh, reading. Great, thank you, Sana, for calling. You know, as you mentioned, Hosanna. It's not Palm Sunday. We don't call it Palm. We call it Hosanna because the Oshana is so important at that day because everybody is thinking and everybody is celebrating. And yes, you know, the streets are usually filled with children and parents. So it's the, the most festive day of the year in the Eastern Rites. And, uh, you know, and I encourage anybody who has not been to uh, a Holy Week in a Maronite liturgy or Chaldean or, or uh, Ukrainian or any of the Eastern churches to try to attend at least one of them. Um, and I tell you, in the Maronite Church, on Good Friday, if you come to our service, just like if you were in Jerusalem the day that Jesus died, there will be a funeral. It's actually a funeral. There will be tears and there will be crying. There will be celebration carrying the body of Christ around the church and do the burial and so on. And that Hosanna would be the same thing. You know, people walking in procession usually walk around the street here in northeast Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, people are in amazing uh, spirit of celebrity right before Holy Week begins. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, uh, in, the, in the Western Church, the, the focus is more on, on the passion, while in our tradition, in the Eastern tradition, it is more on the festivity that happens when Jesus entered Jerusalem. Uh, so at least, you know, keep praying that uh, a Chaldean church will come also to your, to your area, that you will be able to celebrate it in both traditions, the Roman and the Chaldean. Thank you, Sano. Sano, thank you so much for the phone call. And um, it, it leads me to a question, though, Abuna. I know a lot uh, in terms of our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters, different than Eastern Catholics, of course, but uh, as we made that distinction earlier in the program, but Eastern Orthodox operate on a slightly different liturgical calendar. What's the calendar followed in the Eastern churches, uh, in the Catholic churches, that is? Uh, is, it, is it the same as the Roman calendar? 
uh, it is almost the same. So the major feast days are the same, you know, St. Peter and Paul, Epiphany, uh, of course, Assumption and Ascension and so on. But the, the calendar is divided into seasons. So we have the sixth season, the glorious birth of Jesus, which is Advent in the Easter in the Western Church. There is a season of Epiphany, season of Great Lent, season of Resurrection, season of Pentecost, and season of the Holy Cross. Uh, and there are different different feast days that are celebrated in the Eastern Rites that are not celebrated in the West, such as St. Maron uh, or, you know, other saints that, you know, particular to that tradition. Uh, again, the, some of the rituals that take place in, in these traditions may be different between one tradition and another, such as uh, the Rite of the Lamb, that we light seven lamps on uh, Wednesday of uh, Holy Week, or the right of forgiveness on Saturday of Easter when the whole town is gathered to ask God for forgiveness, but to ask also forgiveness from one another as people come to each other and ask for reconciliation so they wow. can celebrate Easter properly. Wow. What a great tradition. <laughs> You're giving me all these ideas, Father. I appreciate that. And and maybe I just called you Father, but I've been calling you Abuna. Maybe we should just clarify that too. What does is, what is Abuna mean? Abuna means father. It's it's uh, Abba is God. We refer to God, the Father as Abba, our Father, and Abuna is our is Father too. Right. So it okay. is our Father, Abuna. Just wanted everyone to know that I'm not being disrespectful as I'm no, calling you Abuna. Not. Yes, right, right. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Abuna Charvel Maroon is our uh, spiritual director today here on the Inner Life. We're talking, having a great discussion about Eastern Catholic churches and the Eastern Catholic spirituality and the ways that we can learn uh, from our Eastern brothers and sisters as well. Let's go now to Joshua calling in from Orange County, California. Joshua, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hi, hi, Father. Can you hear me okay? I do, yes. I'll do well. Thank you. So thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to share that uh, I've been attending the, uh, the Byzantine Rite now for several years. I am a baptized Roman Rite Catholic, uh, but the, the Byzantine Eastern Rite has richly um, enhanced my, my spiritual life, and, and it's been an incredible experience. So I want to encourage any Roman Rite Catholics who have yet to attend a Byzantine Rite Church to to experience it, and they can get the fullness of what what the Church is, and it's all of its splendor and beauty and universality. Um, in fact, um, I've incorporated many spiritual practices into my own uh, spirituality, and I'm going through the Dormition Fast as the Eastern Rite Churches celebrate, or this leads up to the Feast of the Dormition and the Roman Rite, the Assumption. So uh, it's just been an incredible thing. Uh, incredible experience, and I, I, I can't say anything, um, you know, anything disparagingly about it. Well, thank you, Joshua, for your call. Yes, I and I, I join you in inviting anyone else to to attend an Eastern Rite uh, church around them, wherever they live, and uh, just to see the beauty and the richness of the church. Um, there is nothing wrong with, with you know, going to any of the twenty-one rites because you're going to be richer, you're going to be holier. And you're going to discover, you know, what the Catholic Church is all about. It is, it is one holy Catholic and apostolic for every one of these 21 rites or 22 rites. And, uh, you know, going to, to them, it's going to make you probably closer to God. And you're going to discover amazing things. Uh, I, you know, I, I encourage you to do that and anyone who's listening to 
Yeah, thank you, Joshua, for the call. Thank you for the encouragement. And I would add my own my own to that, that if you have not experienced a, a liturgy in an Eastern Catholic church, then it is it is time. Yeah, find it. Uh, find it on the Internet. Find it on MassTimes.org. Find it on somewhere where you can attend a divine liturgy in, the, in an Eastern Catholic rite and see how the Lord has uh, has will touch your soul in that as well. Well, Abuna, uh, just a couple minutes here before we ask for your blessing, but I wanted to ask specifically about sacraments and clarify about that, because you said we have the same seven sacraments, right? We share those sacraments. Uh, but any particular way or encouragement that you would have in terms of participation in those sacraments or any way that we should be noting that they are different? Uh, the sacraments are, uh, the seven, they are beautiful in all the traditions, in the Roman uh, liturgy as well as in the Merite. In the Merite liturgy, the sacraments, we refer to them as the mysteries, the seven mysteries, uh, they are celebrated similarly. Uh, one very specific uh, sacrament is the uh, is the marriage. The marriage is an amazing uh, celebration in the Roma, in the Maronite Church, and uh, usually they, we refer to it as the mystery of crowning. We use crowns for for the liturgy, and there is a lot of reference to the to the Old Testament. Uh, the marriage of of Abraham and Sarah, and uh, the the covenant by which God created heaven and earth, and so they they are crowned as husband and wife, and they will become a queen and a king of their little kingdom. That is that is the family, uh, and this marriage in the Maronite Church requires a priest because it needs the blessing. So the couple put their right hand on the Bible, the priest places his stone over them and give them a priest the blessing. And uh, you know the blessing is is given to them, so no deacon can marry in the in the Maronite Church. It has to have a priest in order to do that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the groom would say to him, "May your home be secure as a dwelling place of David, and your wife be precious in your eyes, and be as a column of fire within your home. May your children stand upright before you like the cedars of Lebanon, and they for the bride also may the Lord confirm your heart in justice." And make your lamp be lighted before the Lord on the day of His coming. Um, amazing uh, uh, symbolism that exists in these in these sacraments, and um, so they are celebrated differently because the language might be different, the the clothes might be different, uh, but at the same time it has one and the same meaning. So I encourage people to to take time to attend a wedding or a baptism or a, the Eucharist in one of the Eastern churches. Yeah, fantastic. Abuna Charbel Maroon has been our spiritual director today, and you spoke about different languages, Abuna. May we ask you to bless us, perhaps in a language other than English? Uh, let me give you a blessing in, uh, in Arabic, since uh, barik ala jami'ana, ihfaz jami'ana, ustur wasa'id jami'ana, adhir tariq al-hayati wa khalasi li kullina, wa rahmatuka wa tahannuluka ihallani ala kullana, wabarik sha'baka ayuha al-ab, والابن والروح القدس لك المجد الى الابد امين امين thank you abuna thank you for being our spiritual director if you missed any part of the show relevantradio.com/innerlife until tomorrow grace and peace